0: Welcome back to the podcast episode 89. As always, you're here with your host, Hoopin Saini. How you doing, bro? As always, you're here with your host. It feels like, it's like deja vu every time I hear you say that. Yeah, I'm kind of like locked in. It's just, yeah, it's, it's mechanical <laughs> it's just at this point. I'm
1: doing good, man. I'm excited we're finally getting back in do, the routine. Do me
0: a favor, uh, pull your mic a little away from your face. My bad. loud. My bad. Thank you for addressing that. Is that of good? Of course. Yeah, that's fine. But, All right, uh, there we go. Today today's pod is on Timmy Duncan. Um someone who really isn't like naturally a podcast topic because nope. he played for a team with black and white jerseys. He's uh, he he is the most black and white player in NBA history. And to his credit, that's
1: still top 10 worthy. <laughs> and I um, I think
0: there's a genuine case for him to be like top 4. Um Ooh.
1: Hey, I, I didn't say top three. Case. No, no, no. That's just the first time I've there, ever there's heard somebody a case. say those words. There's uh, a case. I'm not hating I'm it. it, especially after this. But this was, listen, I love Tim Duncan from the bottom of my heart. Please do not take any disrespect when I say this. This was by far the most boring research I've <laughs> ever done in my life. <laughs> Like I, I'm not being rude hey, when I no, say no, this. Hey, bro,
0: this is supposed to be like the the hype part of the pod where where we engage the viewers, no, right, the stage. No, right, right, no, 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 no. The research this is, is fire. not a boring pod. This is not no, 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 a boring. It's pod. a great. No, no, no. The, the great. Yeah, it okay. was. It was I'm just not, tough on us. It was, was just tough. tough on us.
1: It was. I meant boring as in like it took so long. <laughs> like man, like he actually did a great job at hiding his life. Hey um, man, this this pot is gonna suck. Uh, yeah. off first minute in yes. yeah it's like uh, right before real quick before we start as always a quick shout out to everybody leaving the q a responses uh we do that with every episode on spotify and if you're on apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and if you're on youtube also leave us a comment we read everything we truly do it's so dope to see you guys interact with us and it gives us more of a connection with you guys so if you have the extra second of your day please make sure to rate us across all platforms five stars Subscribe to us on YouTube, comment, leave your suggestions on Spotify. We do also have polls. You literally just have to click a button. You answer questions that we give you guys and leave any responses, including constructive criticism. I mean, we we, we love that as well because we like to improve anything we can. Uh, but without further ado, let's just jump in the episode.
0: Absolutely. Sorry, I was just laughing because I made, I made a Kendrick Park in TikTok the other day. And someone commented, he is the DJ Khaled of the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was cracking up. All right. Uh, Tim Duncan. Starting with the 1997 NBA draft, there's a lot of context that I'm going to give with how the Spurs got the pick. Um, But as for the draft itself, I'll just rattle off the top five. Since it's a little like further into history, a lot of our newer viewers are going to not really understand who these players are. Um, But at one, it was Tim Duncan to the Spurs. Then Philly had the second pick, took Keith Van Horn, who was real solid for the Nets. Uh, He got traded to New Jersey on draft night. Chauncey Billups was in Boston. Uh, selected with the third pick. He was also, like, traded almost immediately afterwards. He played a couple games in Boston. Uh, The Vancouver Grizzlies take Antonio Daniels, and Denver, at five, takes Tony Batty. Other notable players in the draft, since the top five was not very impressive, uh, Tracy McGrady was taken at nine by Toronto. Steven Jackson was at 43, and God Sham God at 46, who played 20 NBA games for the Wizards. Um, shout out Sham God. I love that move, I use it all the time. That's a go to. Go to, it's a hood um, classic, right there. God, God, Sham God is also an insane name. I just want to know what the parents were thinking, um, or how he ended up with the last name Sham God. But, uh, as far as like a Tim Duncan draft comparison goes, I found one. It's it's tougher to find when like the dudes are older because all these blogs are like the beginning of when computers were made. uh <laughs> But Kevin Lachance says, In terms of comparisons, I have heard David Robinson and Brad Dougherty. I feel Hakeem Olajuwon is a closer comparison because of his mobility and size. Shout out, Kevin. He was spot on. In, he also says, In terms of physical skills, Duncan has great mobility. He is capable of consistently beating his man down the court. He has long arms and excellent timing for blocking shots. His footwork on post moves is constantly improving. This guy, Kevin, is a dog. We say it every episode, but these scouts are killing it right now. In terms of basketball skills, Duncan has the total package. Duncan can score in a variety of ways. He can take his man down low with an assortment of post moves. He uses the glass well on his turnaround jump shot. He can also step outside and hit a mid-range jumper. Duncan's passing ability is incredible for a player his size and experience. He led Wake Forest in assists. Duncan handles the ball better than most post players. We got to do a draft bus episode. I can't know. we keep saying it, but like these are uh, we, we keep reports doing solid. players,
1: but we 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 really should start doing other stuff. Like I want to do like a deep dive on the worst scouting reports.
0: That <laughs> would just be yeah, because um, th- these guys are a little too correct. Uh, I'll I'll give you a fun fact real quick. This is the last thing I have about the draft itself. Only two other NBA players in the history of the league have come from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, I'm pretty sure t- uh, Tim Duncan was St. Croix. I'm 99% sure. Raja Bell and Charles Claxton, who played for like a year, also were from Rajah the Raja Bell Islands. is a household name. Rajah Bell played in the league <laughs> for like 13 years, actually. Yeah. Um, so shout out Rajah Bell. But uh yeah, how the Spurs got the pick. This is very interesting. In nineteen ninety six, they were a sixty win or fifty nine win team. Uh, Pop was not the coach. The coach was Bob Hill. They lost in the second round. D-Rob was obviously the man in charge. He averaged 25, 12, and three blocks. He was just uh, an absolute unit. Some other pieces on the team, I don't know if y'all went back and played with like the early Spurs 2K teams. Uh, They had Vinny Del Negro, uh, Avery Johnson, Sean Elliott, who was an all-star, Sean Elliott, and uh, an older Chuck Person. They were like really good. Next year, though, Uh, D-Rob misses the first 18 games due to a back injury, and then shortly after, he broke his left foot and needed surgery. So they were still supposed to be a very serious team. Uh, Sean Elliott also only played 40 games because he had like tendonitis in his leg or something. Um, D-Rob only played six games on the season. The Spurs were 20 and 62. You might be wondering, how are they so good and got the first overall pick? That's how. They were awful that season because everyone was hurt. What's even more interesting is that Bob Hill was fired 18 games into the season after going 3-15. and Keep in mind, everyone's hurt. This is like a, a garbage squad he's playing with. Right. And the GM, Greg Popovich, took over his position. he It's rumored that he always wanted to coach, but he just needed a reason to like step down. He's like, oh, you want 3-15? I'm going to slide right in there real quick. Yes. The media um, shunned him for it, too. Yes. They're calling because, him like egotistical yes, and stuff. Yes. 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 Uh, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. So I wrote here, Spurs fans were furious because Bob Hill had been so successful leading them to like 60-win seasons. Yeah. Um And the Spurs were battling injuries, so it just made no sense that uh, he would be fired for poor performance or whatever. Uh, shout out Dominique Wilkins. He was 37 in charge of the tank, averaged 18 points per game on 41% shooting. I love tank commanders. That is such a fun job. Um, sorry, I just had to say that. I also forgot Dominique was on the Spurs, but that's a fun time. So shout out Dominique for landing Tim Duncan for them. Uh, now we go to the rookie season for Timmy. He is like immediately dominant. Uh, I know last time with Melo, we said how when his when he first arrived to the Nuggets, the record from the year before was like one of the biggest margins in history. I don't know what that margin was exactly. I'm forgetting. But uh, the Spurs went out to win 56 games this season. Um, from 20 now obviously D-Rob is back healthy and Sean Elliott who was an all-star in 96 is now only averaging 9 points per game instead of 20 so you're getting D-Rob but Duncan is providing a huge impact Um, they're pretty much 1A 1B off the jump Tim averaged 21-12 and and 2.5 blocks Uh, something the the Spurs have always done in Tim's career is played Twin Towers for the most part Um, I was just going to say Twin Towers But these guys were, like, ridiculous. Tim ran away with Rookie of the Year, All-Star his first year, and in his first playoff game, which I'm pretty sure was away against Phoenix, he put up 32-10. and Pretty crazy. They lost to the Utah Jazz his rookie year. This was the team that went on to play Michael Jordan in 98. Um, They lost to them in six in the second round of the playoffs. It's so funny to think of, like, people you think of modern players playing against those older teams like i completely forgot tim duncan was around when jordan was still in the league like you just don't correlate the two. You, you don't know? think about that i never like, think y'all... about that so because oh, ah. i saw the jazz and i was like oh you know playing darren williams and carlos Ruiz. i was like <laughs> what, what am i talking about
1: <laughs> like that's just the era i associate them with
0: darren williams I had to look at that so up. That's so true.
1: Now that I think about it, the oldest jazz team I think of is Darren Williams Jazz. I don't think right? about John Stockton, bro. I, like,
0: think... I just n- I never think of Stockton and, and Duncan. Who's the best point guard
1: to play for the Jazz? Oh,
0: Darren Williams. Yeah. Ricky Rubio had a couple good seasons. Rubio was tough. <laughs> um uh, now going into his second year, uh I mean Tim is a force at this point. The Spurs right. started off this is a shortened season, at a record of six and eight. Remember, they went they won fifty six games the prior year right uh, there's a story out there that Greg Popovich well not a story it's actually true because players have confirmed it Greg Popovich was one more loss away from being replaced by Doc Rivers Doc at the time was a fan favorite as a TV broadcast announcer for the Spurs that's that's the reason he's getting hired for ESPN because he was actually has a history in broadcast the game to win to keep his job I think me and you have talked about this Sany not the fact that he played them but the 99 yeah. houston rockets how good they were together that yeah. team had hakeem charles barkley and scotty pippen yeah. and they were all playing that night this was like yeah. a, a team that was really good and they were uh they were messed up by injuries the spurs had to beat this team to keep fully popovich fully healthy this is a quote from avery johnson Things had been communicated to us. It was really real. There was a lot of noise about Pop being potentially replaced by Doc. So David Robinson and I went to Pop's house before we got on a flight to go to Houston. Pop talked to us. And what I will say is we came out there feeling so strongly about Pop. We knew we had to go win that game. Now, the Spurs, they go to Houston. They win that game 99 to 82. So Pop keeps his job. It's so crazy the fact that, like, the man led a dynasty and he was about to lose his job to Doc Rivers. Right. But they hold up. Not only did they win Houston, they went on to win 18 of their next 20 games. They finished the shortened season with a 37 and 13 record, and they won the NBA finals. And there was it only, was a while only losing two games in the playoffs. It was
1: a league wow. best 37 wins, by the way. League best 37 wins.
0: Is that not a wild story? That <laughs> I want to ask you something real quick. Cause
1: I, I just, I'm thinking of a banter spot, question right on the spot. What do the Spurs look like with Doc Rivers as their head coach? Oh lord, from the jump. Like think about it.
0: I. I can't. Like, what yeah. does Tim Duncan look like? What does Tim Duncan look like? I, I have no idea, bro. <laughs> I have no. That is like, wow. Yeah. Uh, but in in that finals. I mean, Tim was the num- the clear number one option. Uh, he brought home the Finals MVP second season. Uh, he he beat the eight seed Knicks while averaging twenty seven and fourteen. Tim was also third in MVP voting yeah. in like a really close, closely contested year. Um, it still blows my mind that Carl Malone has two MVPs. I just never linked more than one MVP to his name. Right. Um, but Malone won that year with eight hundred twenty seven votes. Alonzo Mourning had 773 votes and Tim had 740 so the difference was less than 100 like points um between first and third so I mean if if they knew what they knew when Tim was winning it I'm sure he could have walked away with something but it's crazy like he was that good going into and this was not even close to his best year I mean 03 he was absolutely ridiculous right um now the last thing to list, kind of like ramp up to the start of uh what we know is the Spurs dynasty. Right. Um, before Parker and Ginoli take board, it's the 2000 season. D-Rob at this point is taking a step back offensively. I'm forgetting how old he was. He was early 30s or yeah. maybe like 33, something like that. Yep. Um, they won 53 games. Uh, the Spurs were still great in the 78th game of the season. Obviously, coming off a, a championship, they were expected to do really well. Duncan tore his lateral meniscus. And Pop held him out for the playoffs, even though Tim Duncan was running around to practice and wanted to play. There was something like some extra cartilage, I think they said, that was flapping around in his leg, so Pop decided to hold him out. Uh, And because of no Duncan, the Spurs lost in five to like the Penny Hardaway Suns or something like that. Um, And the Suns lost to the Lakers, who were just starting their dynasty. Right. What was interesting about this is that the Lakers in 99, so the year before, got swept by the Spurs. Right. And they really dodged a bullet in 2000 by not having to play them. They win a chip. Now Kobe and do like agree each other. That. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, Phil Jackson they dodged was, a bullet was because first in
1: 2000, year. 2001 and 2002, the Spurs played the Lakers
0: both times in the playoffs, and they lost in four games and then five. The only reason why that's not too concerning for me is because D-Rob was much older then. And this it was is only a season the, after, though. You said you said, you said you said in two thousand they dodged a bullet. You said like oh you said like oh, four. No, I said 0-1 oh, and 0-2. Oh, the 0-1 oh, playoffs and the 0-2 oh, playoffs. The Spurs played this Lakers back to back. Even if it's even if it's just a single season, I'm not. I'm just saying it's a possibility because the Lakers. Oh, it's a possibility must, for sure, but I, I wouldn't mean, what, call it dodging a bullet. I because in ninety nine that was the first
1: season. No, the Lakers' first season together was a ninety or which Kobe and Shaq. Right? Was that ninety eight?
0: Um, you could look that up, but I know their anyway. first season with Phil Jackson was two thousand. And I'm saying if they didn't win that chip, maybe it takes another year for them to ramp up. Because when you come off a chip with uh, an already like solidified, all-time great coach and like two really core players, then you really have a team in place. I'm wondering if they get beat by the Spurs again. I mean, the Spurs are definitely a bullet. The, the reigning champs, that's definitely a bullet they have to dodge. I don't know if they right. would have lost, but it would have been a, l- a lot more difficult than, say, the Suns or whatever. But let's say if, for they, sure. like, if the Spurs win in seven, like that could derail... Not entirely, but the Lakers really might not start this dynasty that they ended up. They, like I don't know yeah. if Shaq and Kobe, whatever happens with them. Uh, but ba- basically, the Spurs, like Tim Duncan's injury, could have impacted the league as far as the, the Lakers starting their dynasty. No, I agree. I agree. But I, I, I think um, my point was like, you made it seem like, oh,
1: because they got swept in 99. Like oh, in yeah. Because no, no, in all one was, and 0-2, like I was the Lakers did that destroy the Spurs. I,
0: yeah, I was, say, I was saying that because it was like the Spurs have beat them in the past. So like, yes, to yes, say that they wouldn't do yeah, it sure. again is like it's definitely a bullet. No, 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 um, no for sure. But uh, that's all I got as far as like the early, early years. Right. Now we now we getting into like MVP, Timmy. Right, and that's and and, and like I just kind of went over like after the two thousand season, obviously
1: in oh one and oh two, they get back to the playoffs to have their regular season success, right? But Kobe and Shaq just destroyed the Spurs back to back years. Uh, again, he, they get swept in oh one, they lose in five in two thousand two. But in two thousand two, Timmy walked away with his first MVP, first of first of of two, I believe. Um, yeah, two. But here's the thing that that changes here, and here's where the Spurs start their dynasty now I would honestly argue that their dynasty started in 99 when their championship when they kind of brought a ring over because when you look at it from 99 to 07 they won like four rings but I don't I don't hate the fact that people call the start of the dynasty when obviously this these two overseas players one one Frenchman and another Argentinian boy come over obviously right so in 99 the Spurs drafted Ginobili with the 57th pick but he didn't come over to play he stayed in Italy for the first three seasons and then they brought him over in 02 And Tony Parker, he was also drafted by them. And now you kind of have this young backport developing to kind of assist Tim Duncan because, as you said, D Rob's getting older. He can't really carry the load that he once could carry. And it wasn't like a 1A, 1B situation anymore. It was clearly the Tim Duncan show. With these additions, the Spurs go on to win 60 games and Timmy goes on to win his second straight MVP. The Spurs also took care of the Lakers in the playoffs after getting bounced out by them in 01 and 02, taking them down in six games. And Duncan had a ridiculous stat line against Shaq, 28, 11 point, I have the stats here, 28 points per game, 11.8 rebounds per game, 4.8 assists per game, 1.3 blocks per game on 52.9%. And then he would go on to lead the Spurs to their second finals appearance in five years. Obviously, they go on, they win that series, and Duncan collects his second finals MVP. And in that finals run, he put up 24.2, 17 rebounds per game, 5.3 blocks per game, and a steal per game this was also David Robinson's last season he retired right after this they even like announced his retirement during the whole trophy thing they, they they said thank you to him whatever and it showed to be an issue within the Spurs rotation because they had the whole twin tower setup going on right and now there's just kind of this hole within the lineup because obviously you don't have that big man besides him Duncan and then the Spurs would go on to lose to the Lakers in six the following season in 4 the Spurs would go on to fill in that hole with David Robinson leaving. I know, Hoop, you said you were going to go into more specifics with that, so I kind of want to,
0: like... Rasho Yeah, like, I kind of <laughs> want to, like,
1: go over it a little bit. Again, like, um, I don't want to go into too much detail because Hoop said he had a bunch of stuff on that. But I will say this. In 05, they go back and they face the reigning champions, the Detroit Pistons, which was, in my opinion, their hardest finals matchup at the time. I mean, obviously, you can argue Miami days, but we'll get into that later. And they took the Pistons to seven games. And they won in a game seven, eighty-four to eighty-one to seventy-four. Apologies. And they win their third title in seven seasons. Tim Duncan once again wins the finals MVP. It's his last finals MVP of his career. But he was at the time the fourth player in NBA history to win the award three or more times. And in the following season, Tim Duncan goes on to lead the Spurs to their franchise best 63 wins, but they lost to the Mavs in seven games when the playoffs came around. I don't and this is the trend with the Spurs. It's just win-lose. There is no real story. There is no, like, oh, but there is this going on. It's either win or lose, and then just go into the off-season they, and They just either
0: do... beat or get beaten.
1: Yeah, like, there's <laughs> actually, like, it, it's hilarious. Oh, my finger's bleeding, by the way. I cut myself somehow just during this episode. shake hands and go home. So I've been, like, trying to, like, cover up a cut this whole episode. But you do don't ban us. Um, it's... It, it... I got, I'm kind of just going over like records and just postseason. Droughts. I got I got more, uh, and then in- knowing that you went into more specific with the 0-4 to the 0-7 stuff, which is what I have. I, I, it's win lose in black and white jersey, and
0: yeah. it's sixty
1: wins sixty win season. Oh, we lost to the Mavericks. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, first seed.
1: Oh, we lost to the eight seeded Grizzlies.
0: Okay, <laughs> it's, and it's it's like, so wild that um. Because they they did lose to I Zeebo went dummy on the Spurs one time. Yeah, uh, but it's just like they and they're fifty wins because he has a I don't know how many I think it was just a one time in his Tim Duncan's entire career where he didn't win fifty games and that was that was the short season. That was um, a short from, season, and they, they were on pace to win. And not they were, not not to mention well they won the NBA Finals that year. Not yeah they mean, were on pace to win the uh, fifty yeah, wins I mean yeah and not to mention these are not like. 50, 50 What? Well, like most of them are like 58, like 57 win seasons. I'm pretty and sure the only just... time
1: it was like a 50 win was uh 2011, but that was like the hardest Western conference ever. Yeah, like the Thunder yeah. had 50 wins with the eight seed. Like yeah. every team in the Western conference had 50 wins. Like it was just like, everybody uh-huh. was just close in, in talent, but that was like the closest
0: you'll get to them not hitting 50 wins. And just thr- like the fact that it's the same three dudes with the same coach, just repping them out like it was, it, was, it was a machine man
1: and then you throw in gary neal every now and then like, <laughs> like it's a weird problem to, this was what i mean by like the, the research was so hard because it's i like, don't know how they didn't get bored yeah like <laughs> like it was the perfect situation of three guys who were so unselfish and so intertwined like like invested
0: in each other in terms of like playing winning basketball well steven jackson would say something about that as i get into this point now, I'm going to kind of go over my part of the 4 to 7 thing, it's the three rings in five years. I consider the dynasty to start um, in 3 only because hey. I don't really consider D-Rob his prime or his uh, 1-A-1-B chip with Duncan to be that um, intertwined with Parker and Ginobili. But uh, you could definitely – the Spurs were still down in that time. Yeah, right. right. Um, but to replace D-Rob, I've said it before, but Rosho Nesterovich, um, you know, I'm not trying to dog on him. I, I think it was more so just Pop wanted a big body that's going to listen to him that can low-key pass and do, like, a high-low with Duncan, like, on the low. Not really shoot, and then just cut, play serviceable defense. All the Spurs bigs, for the most part, racked up blocks. Um, yeah. Tim was the four and was averaging two and a half. And then I'm pretty sure Rosho had a year where he was averaging two. Um, so they kept the whole Twin Towers thing and they replaced this is in 04 they replaced steven jackson who was the small forward on the O two O three 03 team for yeah. hito turkulou now steven jackson he's obviously the big podcast guy he came out and like kind of flamed the spurs because yeah. he had i don't know if he had beef with tony parker but he uh this is this is what he said about tony parker in 03 tony parker was getting cooked by every point guard that year jackson said speedy claxton saved us who was the backup I don't know why they don't talk about Speedy Claxton and give him his props, bro. Tony Parker was near the bench every fourth quarter because Stefan Marbury was frying him. Jason Kidd was frying him. He also says, I don't, I don't, oh, I'm sorry. I know the type of person Tony is. Great player, going to go down in the Hall of Fame, but he's very selfish. He's been selfish. We would have had more championships and more success if it wasn't for him being so selfish. So uh, that's what Steven Jackson says about Tony Parker. I know. We got some beef in the Spurs, right? Shout out out Stack. Shout out Stack. (laughs) Shout out Stack. (laughs) Um, That year in 04, um, the Spurs lost to the Lakers in the second round. What I found interesting, now I'm not trying to attribute Tony Parker, his shot selection or his shot volume to his selfishness because obviously Pop can control his team. So if Tony was not supposed to shoot this much, then... Whatever. But in 04, the shot distrib- shot distribution in the regular season went from Duncan with 17 shots, Parker with 12, and Ginobili with 10. That was kind of the layout for the whole regular season who got shots. In the postseason, Duncan got sixteen a game. Uh Duncan got sixteen a game. Parker got seventeen a game. He went from twelve to seventeen. He jumped Tim Duncan. He shoot more than Tim Duncan in the playoffs. And Ginobili had nine. And what's interesting is that the year they won, the year prior, Duncan was still getting 17, Parker with 14, Ginobili with seven. So Tony Parker's volume is increasing. And I am the first person to say that Tony Parker was underrated and he was a really good scorer. He was a dog in the playoffs a bunch of years. Um, The inefficiencies that people like to point out, I mean, they were playing at a garbage time of basketball that were ruled by defenses. So someone who can penetrate like he can and throw up a nice like little floater, um, it wasn't really about the, the percentages as as it is today. Um, all that to say, Parker was actually like the main offensive catalyst a bunch of times throughout his time with Tim Duncan. And I'm not trying to, to attribute that to his selfishness. I don't know where, if Stack is coming from that point. Um, but it is a little weird to me that with how dominant Tim Duncan was, that he's not shooting more than Tony Parker. That's all I'm going to say. This is like an 0-4 I'm talking about. Hey, and then not Shout out to Tony! Shout out to Tony Parker! I mean, hey, hey bro, he's just trying to get his. You feel me? Yeah, like man, I start, I, 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 screw that! I, I I'm trying, I'm trying to get myself in the yeah. hall. <laughs> <laughs> you um, already there, Tim? Yeah, and Parker was 21 years old when he was doing this. He averaged 18 and 7 in those playoffs. Uh, they got wiped by the Lakers, but shout out to Tony Parker. In 2005, Ginobili is the starter of every game this regular season. People don't realize that Ginobili did. Start for a few seasons, like pretty right yearly. Um, and he wasn't asked to come off the bench until I got like that, uh, solid, like Danny Green. Um, I think another year they had, forgetting, I'll remember later because I wrote it, it all like down. It was like Danny, like they, they, they had a bunch of like depths with like Danny
1: Green. Uh, uh it would be Derry someone Neal. who fits that spot where it's like a three
0: and a three and D2, and then they have yeah. like the more dynamic Ginobili come off the bench and play more minutes Exactly. Um, exactly. But that's kind of mm. what it was. Yeah. Uh, in '05, uh, Nesterovich and Nazi Muhammad, who I'm pretty sure played for your Thunder, right? Um, Nazir Muhammad, and he, he also na- played for the Bulls. I think right after. He played for a lot of teams. He played for he played till he was like 42. Um, I'm pretty sure. But uh, he, they he were... had beef with LeBron. You remember him and LeBron beef when LeBron was on Miami? He was on the Bulls. I don't remember that. I think they got in a scuffle. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. But you continue. All right. right, um— but basically, there was a point in time where Nazi Muhammad was, like, the, the other twin tower to Tim Duncan. Um, and I'm not trying to say that as if, like, you know, they're just looking for a big body to throw down. But they're low-key just looking for a big body to throw down there. That's, like, coachable. You feel me? Like, they just need a seven-footer who's going to roam around there with Duncan. In 05, uh, the Spurs beat the Nuggets. They beat the Sonics. They beat the Suns. And then uh, they beat the Pistons in seven. What's interesting about game seven is duncan shot 10 for 27 from the field he still ended up with 25 and 11 but ginobili was the true game seven hero i mean duncan was better throughout the series but he had 23 5 and 4 on 8 for 13 shooting shout out manager Ginobili, dog um i
1: just pulled up the clip uh it's in game three of the 2013 playoffs LeBron, like, pushed Nasir moment to the ground. He gets up, and he just bodies LeBron, and LeBron goes flying. <laughs> like, fell on his butt. Like, I don't know if he flopped. Like, it looks like a flop. Like, he just pushed him. And he just yeah. loose. I just wanted to bring that up.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so 0- 06. This is what Sandy was talking about when they lost to the Mavs just randomly. Um, in Game 7, Tim had 41-15-6. Dirk had 37-15. What's so interesting about this season... Is that Tim Duncan is 29 years old. For someone who was the greatest power forward of all time to be 29, this is when like you're in your element. You might not be in your physical prime as like as mobile, but this is the time where like, yo, it's winning time. Now it's time mental. To pile like up your rings. IQ. Your right. IQ is up there. You're basically having your best seasons as far as like scoring volume and, and whatnot. This was the first time in his career where he was below 20 points per game. Parker and Ginobili were aging. Parker averaged 19. Uh, more than Tim Duncan and was a first-time All-Star. Ginobili averaged 15 and was still starting at this point. But Tim just really did not care about his stats whatsoever. The thing is, I've heard a lot of people say that Tim Duncan, because of his lack of scoring and his lack of dominance, it kind of pushes him down this all-time rank because he was incapable of doing it. It's like, oh, he didn't really choose to do that. That's cap. And the reason I say that is because in that Mav series, Tim Duncan averaged 32. I said he had 41 in game So He averaged 32 a game. Someone who's average, a normal dude who's averaging 18 points in the regular season does not do that. And they also, don't. by the way, he averages 18 points. The Spurs, again, had a
1: franchise best 63 wins yeah, at the time that yeah. season. Like, w-
0: w- w- And like, he's the, one of the best to winning defensive basketball. anchors of all time.
1: Exactly. It's like the Spurs, and people don't understand how slow the pacing was for the Spurs. They played a very slow offense. They played a very slow game in general, and they were obviously Bro, defensive they had anchors. to wait
0: for Rosho to run down the court, dog. Yeah, dog. Like they, they were
1: averaging like. <laughs> I actually, you know what? Why you? Talk, I'm gonna pull up the Spurs at like how much Their points pace, they average per game. Yeah, and well, up, yeah, it's look slow. Up the,
0: yeah, the pace. Look it up like relative to the league too. Um, but it, it is wild that I, I mean, someone who usually averages 18 points per game is not putting up 32 in a must-win series. Duncan did they that. were they were 14th in the
1: league in points per game and they were below 100 points per game they had 98 points per game like of course yeah, I mean, gonna... the error the error was just very slow exactly um, no but like when people talk about oh we didn't want to score dominance because they look at like his like like people like kobe who like were yeah, around them in the same yeah. era i'm like
0: yeah yeah you know, you're like, hey i'll defend Tim duncan till the death of me bro yeah that's ridiculous um Now I just want to get into 07 before we kind of go into the boring part of his career where they were just winning a bunch of games and losing in the playoffs. Uh, Nazi Muhammad and Rasha Nesterovich, the other Twin Towers, were replaced by Fabricio Oberto and Francisco Elson. You want to talk about just bodies, like just sitting in the paint. It was literally the format to win 60 games. Like They won 58 games this season, and they started Fabricio Oberto. <laughs> hey, hey, house,
1: household name in San Antonio. Uh,
0: they That year they beat the Nuggets, the Suns, the Jazz, and then LeBron's Cavs in the finals. Uh, that roster, by the way, was Booby Gibson. I'm talking about the Cavs. Booby? <laughs> I don't know. No, his, his name is Daniel. Booby? His, his, <laughs> oh, his name is Booby. this was his nickname, Booby Gibson. Uh, Sasha, Sasha Pavlovich. Oh, I remember Sasha. That was the guy that played on the Lakers. No, that's Chich. Right? Oh, Vujicic. Oh, my God. Vujicic is a Knicks legend, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, LeBron, Drew Gooden, Zydrunas Ilgauskas. No, Zydrunas was, was good. No, no he, was, no, no, he that, was He was the one good player. I just like saying I just like saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, but like you said uh, it like it was like, a, oh, no, He was good. He was a legend. Uh, and Larry Hughes was also very solid for that team, but he only played two games in the finals. Mo Williams now, was on that roster as well, right? On that roster, I don't think so, was he? Yeah, Seven. Was he an was all-star he? that year? You I mean t- I mean I look that up while
1: you while you do your thing, yeah.
0: Um yeah, in that in that finals though, Tony Parker won finals MVP. He went just straight up. He wasn't there, my bad. I was about my to say. Bad.
1: Yeah, he came um, two seasons after, my bad.
0: Yeah, I was like, if he got Mo Williams and he's not winning the finals, yo, look Le- Yeah,
1: LeBron. <laughs> Man, Mo Williams it's, was good. He's on so underrated, underrated
0: career. No, anyway, yeah. like on a real note, like when we do a LeBron pod. I, I can't mm. believe I'm doing it on the podcast, but like we do, it, his Cavs years are so overprotected. Mm. Like mm. those dudes, they they put around him. No Williams was were, tough. They were, they were not this Shaq and Kobe, Kobe like. But that was a serviceable roster. He did not drag, not drag them out. But the Williams was Kyrie mud. before Kyrie. He didn't he was Kyrie before Kyrie. He didn't drag them out the complete. Mud. Like they had a little step. Um, <laughs> But, I'm so
1: happy they brought Mo Williams back for the ring.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's Tim Duncan, my bad. Just... Uh, Tony Parker won the finals MVP. He averaged 25 points per game on 57% shooting and right. 57% from three. Mm. He averaged 20 points per game on 45% shooting the first three rounds. So Parker right. just kind of went dummy, got the finals MVP, which is cool. I, I don't think Tim cared at all. Tim was the at best all. player in the playoffs, though. Um, Those first three series where Parker was 20 a game on 45% shooting, Timmy was 23-12 and three blocks. Um, Just classic Tim Duncan. I want to bring up, actually, this is related to Tim Duncan.
1: Uh, uh, Like you said, I don't think he cared when Tony Parker won the finals MVP. Have you ever seen the Spurs celebration after they won their first ring? Like Tim Duncan celebration when they won their first ring? No, no. They're on the plane and there's a photo of this. They're on the plane, uh, the Spurs, and there's four dudes. And they're sitting.
0: You're, you're talking about the. the they all have 99? their
1: laptop. Yeah, yeah. They all have their laptops out, and the Larry O'Brien Trophy. You can see it in the bottom right corner, like half of it's there. They're not sitting by it. It's like away yeah, from them. Yeah. And they're all playing StarCraft. <laughs> the night they won, the night wow. they won, the trophy is barely like their photo. The
0: trophy isn't even. You can see like the gold ball in the bottom right corner, and they're all just playing StarCraft. I really think we're going to be talking about. I don't want to say the Nuggets. But Nikola Jokic like this when he's yeah. done with his career. Yeah. Like, no,
1: I, I know. It's going to be easier because he's in a more media-heavy, like, bro, they, they got him, like, yeah, yeah like, they, they're not got catching Tim Duck and Nike. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I saw him celebrate more for his horse horse racing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but real quick, are you, are you done with the 07 season? Because there's something I want to bring up about that 07 season. That's all I got, yeah. Because I want to talk about the playoff run because there's some controversy, and this is one of, like, the only times there was controversy uh, with the Spurs in a series. Yeah. Um, it's it has to do with that Sun series. You know what I'm talking about? Can you remind me? So the Spurs obviously they go up against the Suns, and this this was a good this was supposed to be a good series, obviously, right? Because it's two teams that completely are opposite from each other. With the you know obviously the famous D'Antoni seven second offense, yeah, like yeah. The and then slow, the, gr- yeah, the yep, slow yeah, grit grind Spurs, right? But uh, I think game four, Robert Horry drops his shoulder on Steve Nash, sends him flying, and then Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw get suspensions for getting coming up the bench. Because Steve Nash gets thrown into the broadcast, you know, like the where they show the yeah, ads like on the court. Yeah. he gets thrown into that, and then Amari Sotomayor, Boys DL, obviously get up because there's a, a fright that breaks out, and there's a whole controversy about how uh, they both got suspended. Which the Spurs just like took care of business in Game Five against the Suns and just ran mm, with that momentum and Game yeah. Six. So wow. do you do you do you think that the Suns, without facing any suspension, could have beat the Spurs in 2007? Because there's a reality that, because it was it was it was I think it was a tight series up until that point. Like it was a good series. And, and um, they took out they took out Steve Nash, <laughs> bro. Robert, have you ever seen that thing of Robert Horry just bodying Steve Nash? I don't, I don't think so. Go look that up, bro. Go look up Robert Horry, uh, drops the shoulder on Steve Nash. If if the editors are listening through the episode, if we could somehow play the clip of that, like right now, that would be amazing for YouTube. It's it's like infamous, bro. You'll 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 know it when Wait, you see. Wait, are
0: you it. are? You, was he bloody after that? I think that's it. That was maybe, maybe it because might be a Steve different Steve Nash was bloody like three different times. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't have that. Have you have you seen the picture where his yeah, entire yeah, yeah, mouth his was nose bleeding? Is destroyed. No, his yeah. mouth, and he was like smiling. Oh yeah, that yeah. is one of the coldest NBA photos of all time. Steve Nash is part of two of them. He's got that, and he's also got the one as a coach where he's hugging KD after yeah. that performance. Those are two of the hardest NBA photos of all time. Steve
1: Nash is in both of them. But yeah, man, Robert Horry hip check Steve Nash. Into the, right into, and it's bad. All right, so like can you- Bodies him. Can you throw he throws start, him
0: in, and then, uh, and Murray started my board's deal, get suspensions, that series. Because Steve Nash is one of the, he really, uh, should have been in more contention for a, a finals, um, right. this his time with the Suns. But can you, can you talk about this, this boring stuff? Well, not, not boring stuff, stay on the pot. but <laughs> can you, <laughs> can you spice up these years just so I could, I could watch that video real quick? The postseason drought? Yeah, yeah. I'm all done with so obviously- segment. Okay, perfect.
1: Following the, the the last championship, wait, wait, you want me to spice up the postseason drought or your segment? I'm so confused now. I'm saying do your segment. Don't oh, don't, okay, make it, okay. don't make yeah, it yeah. boring. Don't make My it bad. My bad. No, it's not boring. Don't keep listening. Uh so obviously following their time at 07, they they come off a ring. The the Spurs go through a, a postseason drought, even though they would play winning basketball during the regular season. Now I want to make this very clear. Postseason drought means a completely different thing for the Spurs. Than for ninety nine percent of other NBA teams by postseason drought it's like so we were used to them every two three seasons they're in the finals they went like four or five seasons not being in the finals right and that's a that's a big drought when it comes to San Antonio in two thousand eight the Spurs core started to show signs of aging uh, Duncan started was entering his thirties he was starting to show that he couldn't handle the load pause. Uh, that he was once able to handle in the 2000s, and you can see that reflect on his career because what? right after the 2007, what?
0: what I was just trying to watch the video. I didn't, <laughs> didn't hear all that. Wait, listen, <laughs> uh, you, know, Yo. you, you want me to hear you out? Yeah, that, <laughs> that, uh, that was great. I just saw the hip check, that was wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, but anyway, he threw him. Um,
1: but anyway, in so Duncan obviously is entering his 30s and if you kind of look at his stat sheet as well like season by season you'll notice after the 2007 championship Duncan never averaged 20 points per game ever again in his career. Uh, so clearly he was like regressing. It wasn't like a huge regression but he was clearly starting to regress and you can even see it in his minutes. Pop started playing him less minutes and I think five out of the last nine seasons he played he he played under 30 minutes per game. The Spurs supporting cast was also falling out of their prime and Popovich made the decision to give younger guys more minutes such as Tiago Splitter Gary Neal, Danny Green, Patty Mills. He was shifting the focus clearly to the younger talent, which led Tim Duncan and the Spurs obviously not seeing any postseason success for the next few seasons. Also, I believe in 2010, Ginobili went down with an injury in the last game of the season. And when that big three's not there, especially with with that old San Antonio roster around them, they, they weren't going to see much success. And then also the the infamous Zebo demolishing Spurs Yo, he went, he went, you guys got to
0: watch that game. He
1: went dummy. He went dummy, bro. Uh, but the Spurs pull off one of the greatest trades in their franchise history, if not the greatest, in my opinion, sending George Hill in exchange for rookie Kawhi Leonard, having their next young star in line, obviously after the big three fallout. Here's the thing. I want to say this, okay? I want to say this. If Kawhi Leonard stayed on the Pacers, I I had a question for you real quick in the middle of my segment because I I was thinking about this while I was researching, and I thought about it a lot. If Kawhi Leonard stayed on the Pacers, does he does he ever tap into what we see Kawhi Leonard as right now? No. I thought I said no too, and that's why I was so like I don't want people to I don't want you to be like what do you mean because you're a big Kawhi fan? What do you mean Kawhi? Because Paul, I think the Spurs
0: saved Kawhi, like made Kawhi a superstar. I agree. I mean, it. He is just such a Spurs player. Right, exact. That's what I was thinking. He is built for the Spurs. Not to mm. mention they, the Pacers had a had a star at his position. Right, a That's emerging what I was star at his like, position. Like,
1: when I was looking at that trade, it, you could say it's so one sided, but at the same time, like, what was Indiana gonna do with Kawhi Leonard? If anything, George Hill was great for them because they hey, went to the shout out George Hill. Finals. George Hill was a bucket for Indiana, right? That was a win win.
0: Nah, it was though, like in situations no, like but at at the bare minimum, Kawhi would have been a generational defender. I don't know if he would Wait. have because it took him time with San Antonio to become a score. Um it may have taken him even longer on Indiana. Yeah. So that's that's what I'll say. But he would have been a a generational three and D role player at the very least. Right. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Gener- generational three D role player doesn't really sound, but like he would have been sounded like deep like prime Danny Green. Yeah, <laughs>
1: hey, Danny He's
0: Green is like top ten all time in playoff three pointers, mate. Yeah, shout out Danny Green. Cool. cool. You want to do a deep dive on him? <laughs> anyway,
1: I'm gonna quickly run through the 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 the. the moments the Spurs lost in the playoffs just so you can have some context on who the competition was and why they were losing. In 2008, they lost to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals in five. The Lakers obviously go on to win the finals that year. 2009, they lost in the first round against Dallas in five. 2010, they get swept by the Suns in the semifinals. 2011, they get bounced out the first round by the eight-seeded Grizzlies. And in 2012, they get bounced out by the Thunder in six in the Western Conference Finals.
0: What is so wild to me is the fact that you can have so many seasons of winning 55, 60 games and having winning all culture. these chips. And then you lose to Dallas in the first round and then you just meet up after the game. It's like, all right, let's run it back. Like yeah. how, and they did that so many times. The most yeah. notable being in 2013, which I'm going to talk about. Yeah. But uh, it is just wild to me how they never really shook things up. And it was just, all right, let's get another big man to put next to Tim. Let's get another yeah. three and D role player and we're going to do the it's same literally thing just, over and over and over again. Th- this literally just wants to play in black and white. They literally, well, I mean, the system wasn't the exact same. They played a pretty similar if, system I would the argue, entire by the time. Way, I
1: mean, if, when we will get into it, especially in the 2014 days, I would argue the system got better as well, the it, uh, it on, did, well, especially.
0: I mean, t- 2014 is— 2014, the we're gonna, best basketball we're team about plays. That, oh, my God. The best basketball about, team play. When you talk about every team playing the best they could possibly play— yeah. It's tough to like if Colby and Shaq are on. It's it's tough to beat that. Yeah. But that Spurs team without a true superstar or a true star, even at that, yeah. was it might be like top three. No one no one's beating that team, bro. I, the way I, they were I playing, would, I would give you the argument of one. I you could say that. I would give you the argument of one. I don't I don't know how they stopped Shaq, but that, that I don't know, man. That I team would was give you crazy. the argument of one because
1: the. Like it was so fluid. Like you ever just watch highlights from twenty fourteen? We sorry, we we're gonna. We gotta, we're, yeah, we're, I'm done we'll, with the postseason drop by the way. Like they just lost and showed up again. It was just, we was not and, and they never dipped below fifty wins. It was never like oh there was issues in the regular season. They were yeah, a great regular yeah. season team. Even in the lockout year, they got fifty wins. Even in the yeah. lockout season, they had fifty <laughs> wins. Like, there was there was less games to be played, and they still won fifty games.
0: The one the one time they didn't win fifty was the time where they only played fifty games. I'm pretty sure they only played fifty <laughs> that year. Imagine they went fifty and zero. <laughs> That's such a Spurs thing to do. Um, but yeah, let's let's uh let's reminisce on the ball movement in when we get to twenty fourteen. Starting right. with twenty thirteen though, Tim yeah, Duncan is get now thirty. He's now thirty six years old. He's averaging eighteen right. and ten. This dude is right. just a stone at this point. Starting every game still, uh, and just Tim Duncan playing Tim Duncan basketball. The playoff roster going into that year, they were I I didn't have to mention it. They won fifty eight games. They they won yeah. fifty eight games. The playoff roster was Tony Parker, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, who is in year two, I believe. Uh, Tim Duncan, right? tw- no, twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. 2013,
1: sorry, apologies. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, right, right,
0: Uh Duncan at the four, and their newest twin tower, Tiago Splitter. Shout out to Tiago Splitter. Um, is that? Oh, that's the guy LeBron stuffed, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. My, that block yeah. is generation. I if if we and can the show stare that block. Down? Oh my gosh, that oh, one nasty. Um, they also had Boris Diaw, Matt Bonner, Gary Neal, Corey Joseph. This whole core that you like hear the or feel warm about is more from twenty fourteen, but they were still together in twenty thirteen. That year, they beat the Lakers, the emerging Warriors, uh the Grizzlies, and in the Warriors gave them a run for their money that
1: year too, didn't they? I thought it was I remember in that twenty thirteen Warriors team was was nasty to be low key. <laughs> like they had Monte, right? It was Monte Ellis. No, no, no. Monte was gone at that point. I believe it that was, was the first season with Bo. Was he? I believe that. I believe David Lee was oh, there. David Lee was there.
0: He must have been like a Buck or a Maverick. I'm trying to forget. Yeah, he was a Monte he years. was a Milwaukee Buck
1: in 2013, and then
0: 2014 he went to the Mavericks. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Anyways, now we're in the finals, and the Spurs are playing the Heat. The Heatles. They'll like, I think this was like the 62 win Heatles or something like that. This um, was the best Heat team, yeah. By game six, the Spurs are up three to two, yeah. and the last possession. The Spurs are up three. The Heat have the ball. LeBron misses a three. Chris Bosh rebounds. It's an offensive rebound. Passes out to Ray Allen in the corner, and they tie the game. They win in overtime. Tim Duncan was not on the floor at that time because Pop wanted better perimeter defense, and that is wild because Chris Bosh probably does not get the rebound if Timmy's out there. Right. And fast forward to Game 7. Tim Duncan had a late game opportunity. I think it was like 40 seconds left to tie on like a pretty wide open layup. I mean, he was contested, but Tim was so much taller than everyone that he didn't have anyone blocking him. He just missed it. And uh, that iced it for Miami. And to come off a season where, first off, you're 36 years old, you had the chance to beat one of the best teams of all time, 2013 Heat, and like just stomp LeBron's legacy. Like, hit LeBron would have been toast. He still would have been, like, a great player. But could you imagine if he had lost that year to a 36-year-old Tim Duncan? The Kawhi Leonard, it it was already bad enough that Kawhi was playing really good defense on him. That guy would have been, like, named President of the United States. Mm -hmm. Like, that, if he lost to them, that's, it would have, it it would have tarnished his legacy. Right. Um, Now, going into 2014, I have a lot of things that I want to talk about here. I think I'll let. Oh, it's your topic, so I'm going to let you go first. But yeah. the, the one thing I'll say, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm going to. I'll give you the chance to say it if you have to say it. But then I'll, I'll add right. anything I need to. I I, I I go over the 2014, but that it's, was, it's a lot. That upper was one banter, of the so. most. That was one of the most heartbreaking losses in finals history. Right. To lose, and like then that. following the loss, the 2014 Spurs came
1: out again, like we just mentioned, playing the most beautiful basketball ever played by a right, single all team. All right.
0: So you're so you're not going to say it. Because I, I don't know, at least I don't think you are. That, you that preseason, like the start of training camp, yep. um, the Spurs were forced by Pop to sit down and watch hours of game six and seven film. After they were done, Pop said not a word of this anymore. So like anytime someone brought it up on like another team or another media, they were not allowed to talk about it. They also trained at an Air Force Academy that offseason. Um mm-hmm. They were, I mean, I was watching like some Spurs documentary on this a little bit, but uh, they were like kill mode. Mm. That's what I was going to say. Go ahead. Well, thank you for that. I
1: was not going to mention that, so if that that helps you sleep at night. (laughs) But they played the most, the 2014 Spurs by far might be the most beautiful basketball I've ever seen played by a team. I might be a little nostalgic in saying that because that was like one of the first times I've ever seen a team move the ball that much, especially as a kid. But uh, not only that. Kawhi was also really starting to tap into his potential, especially defensively. And the Spurs, to everybody's surprise, finished with 62 wins that season, right? But Tim Duncan... No way! Yeah, bro, (laughs) it's insane. Uh, Tim Duncan is, is, is again showing regression this season, though, especially in the stat sheet. And this could be... You could chalk this up to him sacrificing a role, especially in 2014, because, you know... They, the Spurs, obviously, again, we say this over and over again, but they really take pride in, in team basketball. Tim Duncan is the op- is out of out of everybody in the top ten players of all time, by far the most unselfish one in that list, right? And obviously,
0: Steph, Steph is close. Steph's in the same realm, absolutely. So you put Steph top ten? I do too. I do too. But I just, well, I, I think just I'm just saying a, like for he's someone that people would mention when you're talking about a top ten list. Yeah, yeah. Fair. I, Tim I, Duncan I think, is more unselfish than Steph. I don't know. Steph Tim is Duncan, really, Steph is really unselfish. It's I don't want to I'm compare. I'm not saying he's a selfish player. Too, I yeah, think I'm him, not saying
1: he's selfish, but I think Tim Duncan is more unselfish than Steph.
0: I'm just going to put him on the same tier. I, I think Steph is that that dude. Like he's fair. There's never a problem with Steph. Never, hundred percent. But for Tim,
1: <laughs> like Tim, you know, like there's again, if you go back with Steph, you might get like a little hiccup. Tim, you know what I mean? Like, alright, keep going. Yeah, but I anyway, uh, like like Steph got that stuff going on with Under Armour. What did Tim do, bro? Put on a pair 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 of Adidas. Play the same game every day. Anyway, bro, he,
0: he wore oversized jeans and a baggy yeah. and an old maybe uh, dress shirt that wasn't even colored. tailored.
1: It wasn't even tailored for him. He was a millionaire. He didn't even that, tailor it.
0: It was w- like three sizes too big. And <laughs> the uh, when he was taking the picture on the stool with the MVP yeah. trophy, I'm like, that wooden stool. That is that is the epitome of Tim Duncan. But. <laughs> Obviously, and, and and I
1: believe that obviously Tim Duncan played a crucial role in the success, success of this ring, but I think the idea that San Antonio won off of team basketball makes, or at least like, not saying he didn't have anything to do with the ring, but I think Tim Duncan had the least amount of, I don't know how to word this without making it seem like he didn't do much because he did impact. do a lot, obviously, but this was the least impact he had on a ring, even though he still had a lot of impact. This is Tim Duncan we're talking about, right? But obviously his last season... um, you know, you had guys like Ginobili, Tony Parker stepping up, and Kawhi Leonard was stepping up. Tim Duncan could obviously take that step back. And he was the third leading scorer for them in that final series against Miami. I'm going to talk about that Miami series in a sec. He put up 15.4 points per game uh, with 10 rebounds per game. So, I mean, he played his role. So the first two games of the series, and and I'm just going to jump right into to the finals run here. So the first two games of the finals... Uh, the biggest story was the air conditioning taken being taken out of the Spurs stadium, and then LeBron getting those cramps. You could say it led to him having cramps. Um, every, every, I, met, I remember everybody going off at LeBron for that, especially on social media. Like back on Facebook, they would make those memes uh, that LeBron was a big crybaby. That was that was a big topic at the time. And the second game, LeBron just just had his had the the one hiccup of the Spurs. He had thirty five and ten, I believe. And Miami gets away with it, and they win. They tie the series one-one. The score is ninety-eight to ninety-six. Game three and four, the Spurs just took away any hope Miami had, ripped apart. And this was the downfall of the the Heatles. Game three, they break a Finals record shooting seventy-five point eight percent from the field in the first half. Timmy shot seventy-five percent for that game. Uh, I also want to note that Tim Duncan's shooting stats in that series was absolutely ridiculous. He never shot below fifty percent once in a single game. Going seventy-five percent game one. 50% in Game 2, which was his worst game. 75% in Game 3, 100% in Game 4, and 66.7% in Game 5. The Spurs just absolutely tear apart the Heat. Now, you could also blame this on the fact that Dwayne Wade was nowhere to be found. Chris Bosh was nowhere to be found. It was the LeBron show and everybody on the Heat just kind of crumbled. You could see that age was really catching up. Dwayne Wade couldn't keep up with Patty Mills and was getting locked up by Danny Green. Never thought I'd say those words in my life, but here we are on the podcast saying them. And after an embarrassing finals run for the Heat, the Tim Duncan, or Tim Duncan and the Spurs obviously capture their fifth ring. Kawhi walks away with the finals MVP. And this is obviously the last time that Tim Duncan puts a ring on his finger.
0: Uh, Yeah, so I have a couple just like fun facts that I found about this team. Um, first off, no one on the 2014 Spurs averaged more than 30 minutes per game. Think about that. I only looked into Tim Duncan, and I know he averaged like twenty eight point four or something like that, like a, like a low number. I did not know nobody. If over you go, go look up the roster, so you can name off the the depths that played a lot, but like they had, I, I mean, did not know that. Look, yeah, Gary Neal and Boris Diaw. Were, I think we're playing like above twenty minutes. Patty Mill. I don't I'm forgetting who exactly it was, but they had a like it was like a nine deep team. Gary Neal wasn't Gary Neal wasn't on the twenty fourteen team. Was he not? No,
1: Marco Bellinelli was there. Ah Marco Bellinelli. <laughs> what a name. Yep. What a name. Dude, yeah, that's Aaron Baines was on that team. Um, Aaron Baines was a Shannon
0: Brown played a couple games for them. You know what's interesting Shannon about because I here's another um fun Corey fact. Joseph. The Spurs at this point were taking pay cuts to Hey, I'm pretty sure Thiago Splitter was making more than uh, Manu Ginobili. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Um, Duncan, Parker, and Manu for the 2014 season had a combined salary of $30 million. Kobe Bryant in 2014 had a salary of $30 million. The Spurs' big, big three was making the same amount of
1: money as Kobe Bryant. Ginobili only played 22 minutes per game that season.
0: Yep. Damn, I did not know that. He was playing less than half the game. I I got I got more stats. In 293 games, the Heat never lost three straight with LeBron until the Spurs in the finals. Not only did the Heat lose games three, four, and five, but they lost by an average of 19 points. In those yeah, they games, got destroyed. In those games, the Spurs made 157 more passes than the Heat per game. They made 157 more passes than the Heat per game. What? That, yeah, that was the highest. Those three games or the the finals was the highest point differential in NBA finals history. It was the biggest blowout in finals history. Even though they lost a the game, they still had the highest point differential, 70 points. That's like, well, a, that's I like mean, a to whole, be fair, that's, their one, one that's like loss whole, was by two points. That's a, that's a whole game in, like, 2004, 70 points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and it took... And it, and that, that one game they lost,
1: by the way, took, like, a superhero LeBron performance.
0: Yeah, and, uh, I mean, Boris Dia... The reason why the they just steamrolled everyone is because they took Tiago Splitter out. Uh, Tiago Splitter was real good. But for the, the the way they needed to play on offense, Boris Diaw fit better as a starter. Um, in Game 3, they just plugged him in, and then the, they just dominated. And Boris Diaw's stats were not even that crazy. But if you watch the games, if you watch... The 2014 finals highlights, bro. They're just diamond. And Boris hey. Diaw is a, is a great passer. Hey. Um, I really like his his career is super interesting. And I don't know if you remember this in Game Five. This, I mean, this is when they already have a huge um series lead. When Ginobili, however old he was, jammed oh, on Chris Bosh. Time, bro, yam time, <laughs> and he he ran through the whole team and just stuffed it on Chris Bosh. That is one of the best. Explanate exclamation points in finals history. Like that was that like when he did that, it was like, yeah, they're they winning. Like that's it. That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and Ray Allen had that dunk too, and he was like
0: smiling. I do remember Ray Allen's <laughs> dunk as well. Uh the last thing I got here for Timmy is the old man years. <laughs> um I really think he has maybe the most perfect career in NBA history. 'Cause he didn't stay too long. In D- fact, but wait, 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 let me make sure you perfect, not greatest, right? Just so people don't be like, Oh, but the most the most spotless.
1: Yes, thank you. I know what you meant, but like I don't want people to be like Yeah, This did. is
0: this is the most spotless uh career, I think, like pretty easily. He was dominant when he first came in. Um, even when he averaged below twenty points one year, he averaged thirty two in the playoffs. Um uh, Duncan in 2015, as a 38 year old, obviously he's regressing. He's at like 14 and nine, still two blocks a game. He's still a good defensive anchor. Um, Kawhi was the leading scorer at this point at 16.5 points per game. That is a wild statement to say, but this is 2015. Um, that year they lost to the Love City Clippers, where Blake Griffin just assaulted them. Uh, he averaged 24, 13, and seven. People forget how nice Prime Blake was, bro. And that CP3 uh, off the backboard game winner. Yeah um that was that series yep i do remember that shot um but blake was tough we got to do uh, blake his, griffin. Pist- his pistons years showed like griffin he was so tough griffin uh, that, was a
1: good one to do is a good that one to
0: season do. as well uh i don't know if this is the most stack the west has been but this is like peak 2010s west you got the 67 win warriors 56 win Rockets, 56 win Clippers, 55 win Grizzly. You might be thinking, like, how do the Spurs win 55 games and have to play the Lob City Clippers? Because they were, like, that was the... The the West was smoke
1: in Bro, the 2010s. Bro, that,
0: that was the 6-3 matchup. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or was the 4-5? Yeah.
1: The the West used to it used to like if you couldn't if you couldn't get in the fifties, dude. I remember the
0: Suns would miss the playoffs, make getting like 55, 56 wins. Dude, because the Blazers had 51, the Mavericks had 50. Like this is the West was in 2015. And that's probably right. not even the best it's been. The last thing I have to say is that Tim Duncan went out on a year where the Spurs won 67 games. Um one of the most interesting topics to me that I just love to learn about is the late year Spurs where the old guys are kind of dying out and they have this new budding team around Kawhi Leonard that was winning 67 basketball games in an 82 game season. Um this is the Kawhi LaMarcus Aldridge core. They were incredibly underrated. So Duncan bad. at Duncan at 39 was averaging only 9 and 7. He still started every game. Um but LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi were like serious. Um Kawhi won Depoy that year. First time yeah. All Star. Lamarcus was a already established All Star. He was also a perfect spur. Lamarcus Aldridge, um, just that kind of didn't care about his numbers, and he just like just went about himself. Yeah. Um, they beat Memphis round one and lost to the Thunder in six. Who eventually like that Thunder team was real good, and they lost to the Warriors. And then Tim Duncan just rides off into the sun. He never had a retirement tour. He just kind of went about his business. It's like oh, I'll hang him up. And then he like went and got a win as a Spurs coach one time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that one time he, he like popped up, he had braids,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw him <laughs> at the Hall of Fame ceremony yeah, with like the big, big dreads, yeah,
1: yeah, or dreads, not braids. Um, yeah, but those, those was a, I don't have anything else on Tim. This was a fun episode, yeah. It was a fun episode, right? I mean, we were
0: like, oh man, we're gonna, no, that Tim. we,
1: we, we, I, I'd like to say that we yeah. did a good job making the, the Tim Duncan career, um. Interesting.
0: It is an interesting
1: career. Not saying he's yeah, a boring uh, guy. <laughs> not not saying he's a boring guy, but like, bro, like, did you, did like, did you know Robert Ori dropped the shoulder on Nash? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, like no, nah, probably most people did if they're old heads, to be honest. But um, to all the young guys out there, man, Robert Ori took out Nash. But and, yeah, uh, no Steinmeyer.
0: Those um, I really want to do an EP on. I don't know if we already did why. that's actually a really good one, Blake. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just so crazy to me how the Spurs were on the brink of another dynasty with Kawhi and LaMarcus. Like they could have repped out, like. And then the one year where where they the the Zaza 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 Zaza, man man. dog the Spurs were gonna pound. If there's a
1: player I really don't like, it's Zaza. The Spurs could have won that series.
0: I I don't like Zaza because of the Kawhi thing and the Westbrook beef. I don't know. That's all I got for this EP. Shout out Tim Duncan. What a career! What a career! Maybe Zaza's a cool guy. Maybe I'll sit down with him and have a have a cup of tea. <laughs> you we'll just talk choose about to it. Sit down with
1: him. We'll talk about it. Hey, tell Zaza he can he can g- get at my people. <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a you know when like Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas like sat down and they cried and yeah, shook hands. Yeah, yeah. That should yeah. be me and Zaza. <laughs>
0: I saw Was what you the... did to my favorite player a while ago. I forgive you, though.
1: No. And then, and then Ma- Magic Johnson's like, I want to apologize. You know how Magic Johnson <laughs> yeah, does yeah, something? Yeah. He's like, I want to apologize. You're my brother. And I'm going to sit down and be like... And I'm going to shake his hand. Go... And there's going to be five Larry O'Briens in the back. Not one of them is ours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, This is a great episode. A great way to end off. If you if you reach to the end, we, we appreciate you listening to the whole episode. Please make sure to show love by giving us a rating if you haven't already, um, giving us a Q&A response, just letting us know what you thought about the episode. Obviously, reacting to the poll, we'll have some sort of question up there for you that relates to the episode. And if you're listening through YouTube, make sure to comment and subscribe. And for everybody on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us a rating and to obviously follow us on all platforms. We appreciate you guys for listening once again, and we will see you guys next week for our next I got. I got,
0: I got one more thing. First off, you sound like an NPC doing that. I don't know. How you but just like, I'm off. good at it, right? I'm you're, good at it, right? You are. you are. The last thing I'll say, I don't think that all that happens with Doc Rivers. I don't know. Maybe a ring <laughs> or two.
1: Maybe <laughs> a ring or two. I don't maybe, think that Doc Rivers. Maybe a ring or two, bro. Because Popovich made some smart decisions, bro. Like a lot of it had to. Because again, the Spurs were built on team basketball, and Popovich made a lot of those team decisions, right? Yeah. Like Tim Duncan played his role. Tim Duncan did what Tim Duncan was supposed to do. But Tim Duncan's not the one constructing that roster. You know what I mean? Doc yeah. Rivers. Doc Rivers would not. Play the cards the same way that Popovich did, and Popovich understood how to build a team around Tim Duncan. Tim don't want to listen to that voice, bro. I, I don't yeah. want to listen
0: to his voice on TV. Yeah, Why he was is supposed he on to TV? sign. He was
1: supposed to go sign with Doc Rivers in 2000 in Orlando. Remember? And then Doc Rivers apparently was like, "Yeah, your family can't come on the plane though," so he didn't sign with Orlando. Wow, do you know about that? I
0: heard I forgot. Tim Duncan was going
1: to sign with Orlando and Grand Hill. I mean, Doc Rivers said it wasn't true, but I mean, Grand Hill literally came out and said it, and T Mac reacted to it on live TV and was pissed. But uh, Doc Rivers, he was the coach of the Orlando Magic at the time. Uh, Tim Duncan was a done deal. He was going to sign with Orlando Tracy McGrady
0: was upset that they were trying because he was wow because
1: he was going to play with Tim Duncan, and he McGrady found out on live TV. Like in 2018, when he was doing his thing, that yeah. they didn't sign Tim Duncan. Oh, you didn't see that? Oh, right. Yeah. No, I it, thought
0: I thought you meant. He no, was no, no, like, no, 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 no. Grant Hill play with Tim.
1: No, 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 no. He was pissed because uh, obviously, okay, I, like they could have yeah, won rings. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, apparently, I mean, Doc Rivers denies it, but Grant Hill is the one who said it. Um, yeah, they stay. Tim Duncan to Orlando Magic was a done deal. But then they, one of somebody from Tim Duncan's family said, uh, "What's your guys' policy on the family uh, on the team flights, like coming with you guys to fly and stuff?" And they said, "No." And Tim Duncan's Holy obviously cow. a good family guy. So they lost Tim Duncan just because they didn't want to let them boys on the plane. That is insane. Yep.
0: All right, let's, ru- let's set it up. Wrap it, it up, wrap bathroom. it up, wrap
1: it up. But we'll see you guys next week, man. Uh, Deep Dive Dog Rivers coming next.
0: <laughs> Peace.